Welcome to Answers from Antioch. You have joined us at the intersection of God's Word and today's world. This broadcast is brought to you by the Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia. Join us as we examine information that impacts the church, the Christian, and the Christian home. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Josh Davis filling in for Pastor Brad Davis. It's my joy and privilege to get to be with you today. I want to speak about things that we can do to support the victims of Hurricane Ian and some of the great ministry that is happening. But I also want to take a look in Scripture. You know, when events like this happen, many people begin to question, where is God? What is God doing? Why did God allow this? I think we need to really see things through a different perspective when it comes to these kinds of issues and natural disasters. And we want to see out of God's Word the real perspective we need to have, the real mindset that we need to have when it comes to those kinds of questions. First, let me invite you to connect with us. A great way to do that is through our church website. That's AntiochBristol.com. You can also reach out to us by phone, area code 276-669-4030. Again, that's 276-669-4030. And we would love to hear from you. Thank you to those of you who tune in as often as you can and encourage us. Thank you so much for listening and being a part of our radio family. Now, let's get on to the natural disaster. How can we help? And I'm so glad that many Christian people are stepping up and are looking for practical ways that they can help the hurricane victims in this very devastating storm especially for uh, the state of Florida. And there are ministries such as Samaritan's Purse based out of Boone, North Carolina. And some of you who are right there in Boone uh, can pick this up on your radios as it goes forth. And right there in your neck of the woods, Samaritan's Purse has a, a great disaster response team. Also in the Asheville, North Carolina area, Brother Ralph Sexton and his ministry, partnered with other ministries in their area, have another wonderful ministry called Hearts with Hands. And you can go to heartswithhands.org and you can find there a disaster relief and you can donate financially. They've got lists of supplies that are needed. And, of course, they keep a stock on these things. They've got tractor trailer uh, that tractor trailers, plural, that will take supplies and items. They have a mobile kitchen that they take to prepare hot meals. And so there's a list of items that they are collecting available on their website. And you can also give financially to these kinds of disaster relief. Again, the website for that great organization is Hearts with Hands. .org. Uh, you can go to our church's website and you can go to our podcast and we'll have that information in the description so that you can uh, connect with that organization. Now let's get to the spiritual side of these things. And before I jump right into it, I want to say that uh, I don't want to come across as being callous or uncaring. If you're listening and you have been impacted by this storm and you live in 
in these areas that have been impacted or perhaps you've got family and friends who have been impacted. I don't want to come across as callous or uncaring. God knows my heart. That's why I wanted to begin with practical ways that we as the church can help and to share the hope of Jesus Christ with people who are in the midst of chaos at this moment. And so my heart goes out to you. I'm not using the situation for a theological diatribe, but I just want to help people think biblically because as a pastor, this seems to be one of the questions that I hear and that I get asked so often whenever a natural disaster happens. Why did God allow this? Why didn't God put a stop to this? Jesus addresses similar situations in Luke chapter number 13. And uh, Jesus says here in in verse 2 of Luke chapter 13, Suppose ye that the Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans because they suffered such things? And what he's talking about is this question that's asked of him. In verse 1, There were present at that season some that told him of the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered them and said, yeah, they did have a a horrible thing that they went through. But he says, do you think that they were worse sinners because they suffered such things? He said, I tell you, no, but except you repent, you also shall all likewise perish. Or those 18 upon whom the tower in Siloam fell and slew them. Think ye that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem? Jesus is talking about a current event that had happened in their day, and it must have been a well-known event that there was this tower that collapsed and killed 18 people. What a tragedy. What a natural disaster. Why didn't God step in and put a stop to it? Or did they deserve it because they were worse sinners? Did they deserve it? And did the state of Florida deserve it? And the people who were hit by this hurricane, did they deserve it? Jesus would say, no, not in the least. He says in verse 5, he repeats himself, I tell you, no, but except ye also repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Then he spake, a parable to the people. It begins in verse 6. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and he sought fruit thereon, and he found none. Then he said unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I came seeking fruit on this fig tree, and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? Why is it taking up valuable real estate? And he answered and said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig it about and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. What is Jesus pointing at through this parable? Uh, As we see, he's saying that he went for three years trying to find fruit. Now, if you look at the Old Testament, uh, they weren't supposed to pluck the fruit off of the trees for three years. And in the fourth year, they were to give God as an offering the fruit of that tree. Then beginning the fifth year, they could harvest it. So for year five, for year six, for year seven, he comes back and still nothing, still nothing, still nothing. He says, I'm going to cut it down. It's taking up space. 
and someone stepped in and said, no, let it alone just one more year and I will dig it about and I'm going to fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, yes, great. But if not, then we'll cut it down. What Jesus is saying to us and to these people at this time is that we're asking the wrong question. It's not, why did this happen to them? Uh, they didn't deserve it. No, he's saying we need to see that we are all sinners, that we all stand before God as guilty. And every day that we get to live is a gift of God's grace. It's a gift of God's patience with us as sinful humanity. The real question we need to be asking is, why do I get to live another day? Why do I get to enjoy another day on this earth instead of facing God in judgment? That's what Jesus said twice to this group of people. He said, except you repent, ye shall all likewise perish. He says, we're all facing death one of these days. Death is coming to each one of us. None of us is guaranteed tomorrow. And so we need to be sure that we get right with God today because we never know that day that we're going to step into eternity. Instead of asking, why do bad things happen to good people? We need to start asking ourselves, why do good, why do good things happen to bad people? Thank you for joining us today. We encourage you to visit our website at AntiochBristol.com. There you will find many ways to contact us and connect with us, and so much more. Until next time, stand firm in Jesus' truth.